You don't want to play chess with God because you will lose. And you will lose at the very moment that you think you are winning. Consider Pharaoh. Pharaoh has a plan. The Israelites have escaped, and they are heading toward the Red Sea. But Pharaoh pursues them, and they are trapped. The Red Sea in front of them, Pharaoh's soldiers behind them. Check. Great move, Pharaoh. You've got them just where you wanted. Except God parts the Red Sea. The people go through on dry ground. Pharaoh sends his very best soldiers in after them, and the water covers them all. Checkmate. Consider Samson. The Philistines found Samson to be a real pain in their side. And so they came up with a plan through Delilah. Cut his hair. Captured him when he was robbed from his strength. Poked his eyeballs out. Put him in shackles. And took him and paraded him in front of all the people in the temple of their false god. Nice move, Philistines. Check. But it just so happens that Samson said, do you mind if I go stand over here next to these pillars? And he pushes on the pillars. The walls of the temple, that false god, come down and kill more Philistines in that temple than, than Samson ever killed in his entire life up to that point. Checkmate. Or consider Sennacherib, wicked, evil king, ruler of the Assyrians. He has been burning and pillaging, looting, destroying village after village, town after town, on his way up to Jerusalem. And he gets to the gates of Jerusalem, and he has them surrounded. And so he comes up with a plan. He sends the king a note and says, look, nobody stopped me so far. Obviously, your God hasn't stopped me. Uh, You best surrender. And he not only invites surrender, but he has the same message called out in Hebrew by his soldiers who can speak Hebrew, just so everybody in town can hear it and be scared to death. Nice move by Sennacherib. Check. Except the next morning, he wakes up, and 185,000 of his soldiers have died in one night. Checkmate. And then there's Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar, king of the Babylonians, more wicked, and more powerful than Sennacherib ever thought about being, has uh, not only destroyed Jerusalem, he's destroyed uh, Solomon's temple, he's carted off women and children and men of any strength uh, into slavery into Babylon. And there in Babylon, he has established a statue made of gold, and he's told the people, now when the music plays, you are to bow down to this statue, bow down to this god and worship Of course, he finds out the Jews aren't going to do that. In fact, three Jews that he's come to trust, their names are Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, also known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And so he says, is this true? You're not going to bow down? They said, no, we're we're not. We're only going to bow down to our God. Okay, fine, said Sennacherib. And he comes up with a furnace, lights the fire in the furnace, and puts the three men in the furnace. And then we're told... He cranks the heat up seven times. Great move. Diabolical move. Check. But then he looks into the fire and he sees that the three men haven't been burned, even though the soldiers that were in charge of putting him in the fire had been burned to a crisp. And he notices a fourth man in there with him. And he finally has to admit that they're not going to burn. Brings them out. 
and says in front of these three men, I will never let anyone speak badly about your God again. Checkmate. Well, and then there's Caesar who comes along. Caesar probably more powerful than Nebuchadnezzar and Sennacherib put together. His empire, the Roman Empire, extends further than any other empire. Extends into the tiny country of Israel. And the people of Israel, well, they're kind of like a mosquito bite to him. They're in agitation. And so he decides he will deal with them by oppressing them. And so he comes up with this plan that everyone would sign up so that they could be taxed. And then he could tax them uh, and put them deeper into debt and eventually into slavery. And so he says each person must go to their own hometown from which their family comes. And every Jew knows their family lineage. That's a no-brainer for them. And they will be enrolled to be taxed. It's a brilliant move. Check. But there's this couple, Joseph and his young wife Mary, who's very pregnant. And they live uh, outside of uh, his hometown, but they have to go back to his hometown. It's called Bethlehem. And there she will give birth to a baby. Interestingly, according to the scriptures, the Messiah who will lead the people into freedom from slavery and sin and death must be born in Bethlehem. Checkmate. And then this boy grows up to be a man, the Messiah, Jesus. And one day they capture him, and they beat him, and they whip him. They take a whip with little pieces of bone on it. And it almost amounts to filleting someone alive, stripping off pieces of flesh. They put nails through the soft part here under his hand. They put nails through the soft part, putting the ankles together. They taunt him. They spit on him. They parade him in front of everyone to show that he is no Messiah. And then they stick a spear in his side to make sure. Is he dead? Oh, yeah. He's dead. Great move, evil. Super thinking. Stupendous plan, death. Check. But God's not through. And three days later, God will make one more move on this chessboard. You don't play chess with God because you will lose at the very moment you think that you are winning. Because in some ways, Paul had it exactly right when he set out in... Uh, a praise, death, where's your sting? Grave, where's your victory? You thought you had it, but you didn't. You thought you had it won, but you lost. Because the cross, in many ways, is like uh, God's Trojan horse. Do you remember the Trojan horse? The Greeks, you know, chasing after Helen, who had been captured, come to Troy. They lay siege to Troy. They are not successful. So they come up with a plan, and they build this large wooden horse uh, and uh, they leave and appear to go back to their ships, and they actually are just sort of sailing around the corner, but it looks like they've gone back to Greece. And so the people of Troy come out of their secure and safe walled city and look at this wonderful gift that's been left them in tribute uh, and, and plunder, and so they take the wooden horse inside their walled cities. Well, of course, the Greek soldiers have been hiding a number of them inside uh, that horse, and so when the horse is safely inside the walled city at night, they come out of the horse, they lay waste to the city, and Troy is destroyed from the inside. How is death destroyed? 
Death is not destroyed by avoiding it or running away from it. Death is destroyed by getting inside death and defeating it from the inside. The cross is God's Trojan horse. The only way to defeat death is to die and show that death's power is limited. And the only way to defeat evil is not to avoid evil and aggress- and, or aggressively flail at evil or run away from evil. The only way to defeat evil is let evil do the best or worst that it can do and see that ultimately it is powerless. And so the cross becomes that opportunity for evil just to flail at, um, at Jesus and to flail at the Father. Um, some of you may be old enough to remember Muhammad Ali, the great boxer. He used to have a strategy called rope-a-dope. And that is he would get his opponent in the ring and then he would kind of curl up like this and let his opponent just beat on him and beat on him and beat on him and run out of energy. At which point toward the end of the round then Ali would come out of his a protective stance, and then beat snot out of the other person, who is now out of energy. On the cross, evil flails and flails and flails, throws itself fully and completely at Jesus, and is not able to affect any victory. Or think of another way. Have you ever had or seen a two-year-old? What happens when they have a tantrum? They cry, they scream, they wail. They beat the floor or anything around them. And then eventually after this, they come down, they go to sleep. On the cross, evil throws its tantrum. But then evil, after throwing the tantrum, has to walk out meekly. Death exhausts itself. Evil exhausts itself on the cross. And they cannot win. And God has beaten both of them. From the inside. You don't play chess with God because you will lose. Remember Admiral Akbar? Maybe one of the most famous lines in, in the movie history in Return of the Jedi when, and when he recognizes and uh, what's going on, he utters these famous words It's a trap! It is a trap. Whenever, whenever evil, sin, death, disease, illness, and brokenness, think they have the upper hand, it is a trap. And so, when terrorists attack a mall, or when they attack a museum, and innocent tourists from different countries find that it's not safe to even uh, go on a vacation, nice move, terrorists. Good move. Get us where we hurt the most, our own sense of security. Great plan check. Or people in Ferguson, Missouri, or in other places that decided that what we have in common, the color of our blood, is not as significant as other colors that might divide us. And rather than to think about the things we have in common, they think about the things that are different from us and get us to turn on each other. Nice plan, evil. Good plan to destroy a society from the inside turn us to hate without cause? Good plan. Check. Or go into the doctor's office. Get the diagnosis. Surprise move, sickness. Check. Or walk into uh, a a relationship and find that uh, the other one has walked out. 
leaving us lonely, surprised, scared. Nice move, Sam. Check. Or even go into a funeral home or a sanctuary, a service, and watch someone whose legacy has been love and whose gift to people has been life be taken from us many times in many ways too soon. Well done, death. Good move. Check. But in all these instances and more, never forget that the last move always belongs to God. Checkmate. Pray with me. We bless you, O Lord, our God, for even the difficulties that we encounter in life, for we know that they are temporary and that your presence is eternal and that your move is always the best move. We bless you for those of our pilgrims and returning from Israel and grant that they would be safely reunited among us. This we ask in your son's name and ask your spirit to speak with us today. Amen. Amen. Well, um, I have a few thoughts that I wanted to share with you. Kind of-